Welcome to the One Right Church podcast, where we will discuss what it's like to believe that you attend the only right church. My name is Mark Shaw, and I spent the first 45 years of my life in the Followers of Christ Church in Oregon City, believing I was in the One Right Church. Our hope is that by simply sharing our story, that we would urge people to look to the Bible for answers instead of their religious traditions. We want to encourage people to trust in Jesus for their salvation and not in attending the One Right Church. Let's get started. Well, hey, Scott. Hi, Mark. Glad well, to be back. I, yeah, me too. I'm uh, hoping to talk a little bit today about questioning authority. Um, oh, you sound like you're either a toddler or someone from the 60s. Right, right. And uh, yeah, so at, at followers, this was really uh, a thing that I struggled with for a okay. long time. Um, if I did see something in the Bible and I didn't, quite think our tradition lined up with it, I was too afraid to really bring that up to anyone or, or ask. I, um, I've seen it and heard it done a couple of times, but it was always really looked down on. So, um, so the idea was you weren't supposed to question authority. Yeah, and, okay. and I'd really kind of like to just talk about... Um, one, well, you're a pastor at a church. You you could uh, tell me if you've experienced that, and and then I'd just like to talk about what the Bible says about whether your the authority in the church can be questioned. Okay, <laughs> so um, I like I said I have. Um, I'll just start off with with one example um, as. As we were leaving followers, we had a conversation with uh, some family members, and their advice was that we just we just needed to hang on, that we just needed to um, wait because the end was near, and it's the fullness of the Gentiles was mm-hmm. uh, something from Romans that was taught at followers that meant that was the end of time, and that it was going to be... Uh, we were the last Gentiles that were that got to come in, so now we've reached the end of that, and God's going to turn back to the Jews. It's going to be the end of time. So don't step away. So don't step yeah. away, and uh, that also explained why why we didn't have any baptism anymore, and why we didn't have um, uh, any new people coming into the church. That was explained by the fact that. The fullness of the Gentiles had happened in 1969, basically. Okay. So, um, so when I said at that time that I don't believe that's what that scripture means, mm-hmm. um, that was that was met with, well, an elder at our church did believe that that's what that meant, and that's what was taught. And I said, I know, but I I still don't think that's what that scripture means and they said well that that elder was ordained by an apostle and so long story short the the authority came from the office of the person teaching instead of from the bible it it didn't come it it was what they believed it meant rather than 
maybe what it really did mean. You, you couldn't, if we believed that we read something that didn't line up with our traditions, then we were just told that we just didn't truly understand the Bible correctly, the, and we just went with the tradition. Because it was taught by someone with authority. Yes. That's really what it comes down to, right? Yeah, it really comes down to that. And okay. Well, there, there, I mean, there are a couple of things that are happening there at one time, like two moving parts that it's important to kind of get them identify both the things that are moving. One is, you said there are um, there's authority in the office, and therefore you shouldn't question other thing, teachings or or their teachings, but you could um, question scripture. Mm-hmm. Well, the reality is, there you know, scripture has authority also. Yeah. And the um, really any authority that I mean there is authority in a church office there just is and we have to acknowledge that and um, the there's all, there's authority in the church office because the Bible says there's authority in the church office so those two moving parts the Bible and the authority of the office really are in sync they're not. They, they're not opposed to one another. And if they are opposed to one another, then you, and a, that sounds like that's the issue mm-hmm. that you were identifying, is that they are opposed to one another. And then you've got to decide, okay, are we going to go with the person or are we going to go with the scripture? Right. Which gives the person the authority. Right. So in other words, to go, I mean, to me, that's the question. Do you go with the person um, who has the office or do you go with the scripture, which gives the authority to the person who has the office? And I think that's some of where, some of how things got scrambled a little bit, was that the person necessarily didn't get the authority from the scripture. They got the authority from an experience. Right. Like the, the experience of their calling or the experience of their, I don't exactly know what else you would call it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, is that the right term? Yeah. Call yeah. And so if it was experiential, that is different than having authority of the office from the scripture. And the difference there is that, you know, and th- this is the way with all real experience, is it's really hard to question someone's experience. I mean, I can look at the Bible in black and white letters and say, it is this way or it isn't this way. But if you, you know, if you tell me you have a tummy ache, I don't know. You know, it's your experience. You right. can have whatever experience you have and you, you know, that's yours. But to say that because you had this experience, you now have authority over me, that is different. And I don't think that that's the way the Bible would um, sort of set out the pattern for authority. Right. And, and to take it one step further, we've talked about before, um, you you can't go and talk even to the person who had that experience anymore. We're, now we're a couple of generations away from that to where now we're just talking about the a second or third hand memory of that, that person's, person's experience. experience, right? And and that and yet that still has more authority and did for me too. At mm-hmm. at one point in my life, had more authority than my understanding of the Bible because I just, I was kind of trained or taught or 
I came to expect that I just couldn't trust my understanding of the Bible, mm-hmm. that I needed someone who had had an experience like that to be able to um, interpret the Bible for me. So, so the whole idea that experience would somehow make someone better at interpreting the Bible is an interesting assumption and one that I think would, would be uh, kind of important to rethink maybe mm-hmm. because to, to, to suggest that somebody had an experience that helped them interpret the Bible, I mean, those are two different things. If I have an experience that helps me interpret my experience or my history or my something else, that's fine. But the Bible, the Bible is, uh, it's a document that is historical and you read it like a historical document. I mean, yes, it's inspired by God. Yes, um, the Holy Spirit uses the Bible. So there's lots of things about the Bible that are unique, but one of the things that isn't unique is you read it like it's, um, well, among other things, like it's a historical document, like you would read, um, you know, some the Magna Carta or something else, and mm-hmm. you read the Magna Carta, and I don't know if I understand the Magna Carta. Um, you know, it's not somebody's experience. If somebody has, a, you know, like a experience of, I don't know, being able to speak Spanish or something, mm-hmm. doesn't make them better at understanding the Magna Carta. Right. I want somebody who's been trained in, you know, in history or trained in, um, I don't know, early the history of government that can say, here's, here's the Magna Carta and here's the significance of it. Yeah. So, you know, there, there is a little difference that um, I, I don't think that there are very many experiences that are outside of that kind of training that would help you really come to grips with the importance of the Magna Carta in the world, let's say. Right. And it's not near as important as the Bible. So yeah. don't, I'm not trying yeah. to say it is. I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the questions that, make, that I think about when you talk about questioning authority is, well, why would anyone say you can't question authority? Um, you know, I think there are probably a couple of reasons. Um, one, one is that if authority is granted by God, to question authority is to question God. Right. In that regard. Right. And so that is, um, you know, that's sort of a curveball. Too. Okay, well, mm-hmm. and I think then you have to say, well, in what relation does this authority, um, what relationship does it have to God? For instance, okay, the first place I go with authority in God is, is to Romans 13, where it says all authority is uh, instituted by God. Now, that's talking about the government, not about church leaders. And so does, for a person to be completely consistent, do they disobey the government? For instance, if there was a mask mandate, would they wear a mask? You know, those sorts of things. Because very, I mean, the Bible states it very clearly that all authority, namely governmental authority, is granted by God. So so if, to be consistent, if you're going to go that way, you've got to say, not just church leaders, you've got to go with government. Right. right. So that's one thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, just in... Just in that, I, I was smiling as you were bringing up Romans 13 because it was 
it was specifically argued out at followers um, that that they believe that that is talking about church leadership and that it is not talking about um, oh. the government. Okay, so, that that's important yeah. probably to acknowledge because yeah. it says that the, I uh, should probably look at it directly, but it says, I believe, that the, um, they wield the sword. And um, I think it's important to for the church to recognize that the church does not... Um, this is Romans thirteen four. Um, then do what is good, and you'll receive an approval for as God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. And there just isn't um, a church that's Christian. Now, I would say there there may be some. Well, there are Muslim uh, governments that mm-hmm. bear the sword, but I wouldn't say that there are Christian churches. That bear the sword. So, I mean, th- this is a, I think, a very clear, um, you know, it's a governing authorities about the um, rulers. I mean, it really is about government. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But, um, well, it's just another. It's just an example of where, when it, when the Bible didn't line up with what oh, yeah. our traditions told us, we just. We just felt the freedom to interpret the Bible differently to fit. Interesting. Our, because the authority wasn't in the Bible. I, I did not yeah. recognize the Bible as the ultimate authority in my life. Mm-hmm. I, I just didn't. Yeah, and verse 6 says pay taxes. So, I mean, it just isn't, yeah. you know, I mean, as much as I would like to impose taxation and wield a sword <laughs> and have everyone, you know, give money to the church, that's just not how that's going to roll. So, right. anyway, that, but, but that, that is a very clear line of authority. You know, there is, um, you know, implicit in that assumption too is like there's no recourse if, you know, you were to not like the way God runs the world either. And, um, you know, one of the things that you mentioned earlier was just the, the relationship of much of the scripture to our struggle with God's authority. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, you think about Job, and Job was um, Job did not draw a good hand. Let's say that, yeah. you know. And God, um, it, it was hard. God was hard. God was hard on him. I'll just say it that way. God was yeah. hard on him, and he knew it. And he was he was n- not going to back down. And so God, you know, this isn't fair. God, you're not doing right. Whatever. I mean, he's talking back to God. Now, ultimately, he he probably did go too far, and I think that's possible. Mm-hmm. But um, but the precedent is there to uh, to go ahead and voice your opinion to God Himself. You have the Psalms also where they're asking God questions like, "How long, God? Yeah. How long are you going to put up with this? How long are you going to let me suffer?" And so there are a number of places where people even question God. So. You know, that's again, that's not chan- questioning God. Well, it might be questioning God through the channel of uh, human government. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I did that last year or a couple years ago, I guess. Yeah. Like, God, why are you, you know, having this governmental thing in my life? But right. um, 
all that to say, even the, even the questioning of God happens. Yeah. Now, I, I do think that w- one of the other reasons that people might say you can't question authority is because that does sometimes turn out badly in the Bible. I mean, you th- I think about like Moses and, or excuse me, Miriam and Aaron, uh, the sister and brother of Moses said, you know, you're not so special. You know, you're, you can't say you're God's favorite, blah, 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 blah. And that, and God didn't like that. And so God had, you know, Miriam contract leprosy and then the Lord healed her, but it was nonetheless a kind of lesson to her and to others. Don't question Moses. Right. Um, uh, questioning Moses and questioning your pastor are two different things, though. Yes. Um, yeah. The authority of Moses was fairly clearly attested to by God in front of the entire congregation, so they should not have been maybe questioning him the same way. <laughs> um, you have, I think you have David uh, pr- probably voicing that with Saul. Don't touch the Lord's anointed, mm-hmm. so much so that when... Uh, the young man came and said, I killed Saul. David killed him. It's like, that's not okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it, it, it's possible to take those and say, oh, well, yeah, I can't question God's anointed. Well, God's anointed king is different than, you know, God's anointed church leader. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, all the time we have to say what it is. Are they the same? And if they are, in what respect are they the same? This is just a, this is part of the way I think about it. Right. And if they're different, in what respect are they different? And the anointing uh, that the king had was, again, very clear, very public. Wasn't There was no private experience about it. It was like right. in front of the entire um, nation, you are now king, and God's authority rests on you. And, and um, that was very clear. So, yeah, David was going to submit, and he should. Yeah. But um, anyway, I, I think it's, without thinking about it, it's probably not hard to draw some of those Old Testament things into the into our life now, skip the New Testament, and come into our life and say, oh, we're not going to, we're going to do it like they did it. But I, I think you miss out on a bunch of things if you do that. So Yeah, yeah, and... There's something too. I'm I'm realizing as we're talking about this, I'm not even. I don't think we should always look at questioning authority as being a negative thing either. I, there are, there are times like why. Why can't we, um, why can't we go to the scripture like like Paul brings up in in Acts with the the Bereans, uh, where he says they're. They're more noble-minded because they listen to what I say, but then they go search the scriptures. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing, but they go search the scriptures to see if what I'm saying is true, basically, to see if I'm telling the truth. Paul didn't, he didn't get defensive. He didn't, he actually, um, I think he's kind of saying they're doing a good he's thing. Complimenting he's complimenting them. them. Yeah, yeah, for the questioning. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm not, I'm not trying to say to um, to get people to question to to make someone look bad. I'm saying mm. we only find the truth by asking questions. I I only find 
the truth by asking these questions, looking to the Bible as the ultimate authority. And then, yeah, there are times that I don't understand what the Bible's saying. And, and I do, you know, we, we pray for understanding and we look to people for help and we ask our pastors and elders for uh, guidance on some of these things. But I don't think, I don't think asking those questions should be a negative thing. And, and I think that it points to a, I think it points to a bigger problem if those questions are looked at as an, in a negative way. If, if that may, it points well, to a problem of that getting defensive about the authority rather than just, just, just helping people to understand what the truth is based on the Bible. Yeah, if, if somebody is questioning of me, for instance, um, is you know, assaults my um, sense of importance or something, I will I will take it personally and I'll be upset, and um, that that may be the case, and I wouldn't want somebody to do that, right. but maybe they should do it anyway, you know, really, yeah. and. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. You had said, does this ever happen to you? It happened last night. <laughs> so the funniest thing, I mean, it was, uh, I brought some, um, and, and granted, if you were to say, the, these, these guys all had the office of elder. They were, so in that respect, their authority is equal to mine. I, though, had done the work to produce these, to write these documents and share this, you know, share them with the group and for their approval, and it didn't get their approval. It's like, um, no, you need to rewrite this, and this isn't quite right, and we should say it this way, and 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 it was fine, but then they just kept going, and I finally, I finally started chuckling and said, guys, <laughs> and they said, what? Don't you think that we can, you know, question you or whatever? And I mean, I was joking and they were joking, but the reality was, they, it wasn't just that they questioned it; it was just that they kept questioning it, and it. <laughs> And I tell you what, we ended up with a much better document because he did. So, it's it's not about the person, as it is about what is really going on, and can we can we get to a clear understanding? Like for for, for me, then it wasn't about my position as pastor. It was really about can we get a good process and procedure that I drafted? Can we refine that, and make that better? And the answer was yes. And so I'm really grateful they did. And we'll have a much better process for a couple of different things in our church because they questioned it. Yeah. And that's fine. Um, so probably it's important that, that, that maybe the way, we, the way we question authority would be important too. That, I mean, there's, oh, definitely. there's probably some, uh, there's probably some biblical principle for how you should approach things like this too mm -hmm. and, and asking these questions. But Again, you you got to have a dialogue with people who were having these questions. Mm -hmm. uh, my my big challenge was anything that I was questioning. There, there was no one to have a dialogue with. We we couldn't go to the source and ask the questions. So it was just, um, I mean, it was down to it was down to everything was micromanaged by what our ministry had set up you know, before I was born. What people remembered yes. as that. Yeah, that's interesting. So um, one, one example was um, we have 
we have an Easter party. We hmm. had at, at followers, we had parties on holidays and okay. there would be live music and dancing. And mm-hmm. it, it was, they were really enjoyable actually. And, but the Easter party, so the, the big, the big holiday parties end at 11 PM. Okay. So Easter, everybody has to get up and go to work the next day. And there, mm-hmm. there was some talk. Hey, is there, what do you think? Could we talk about maybe ending the party at 10 instead? It just get home earlier and absolutely it was not to be questioned. Our ministry set the end of the party at 11 p.m. Wiser men than us set this up and you were it was negative. You were looked at negatively for even proposing a change. Oh wow. And so that's not had nothing to do with the Bible. No, yeah. nothing nothing at all, but but so imagine then if you if you talk about um, well I had I had another friend that as after I came to faith and we were talking about the Bible and and being saved by grace and my friend told me I I know what the Bible says about grace but why wasn't it ever taught out here and my response at the time was if you know what the Bible says about grace then why does it matter if it was ever taught out here. But when you put all of it together, we we just were kind of raised to not question the way things are. Our, the authority lied in our tradition. Mm-hmm. And, and even when you could say, I know what the Bible says about grace, but, you know, and yeah. the authority's just gone from, from the Bible at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then what, what that does then if the authority is gone, if, if you know what the Bible teaches about grace, but the authority is gone from the Bible, yeah. you got nothing on grace anymore. Right. I mean, that's what, that's what happens. And that's where the, I mean, that's the tragedy of getting the sources of authority mixed up. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned that it's important to the way that you question authority. Yeah. And I definitely think it is. And I think it's, mm-hmm. I think it's important the way you, you question people who aren't in authority. And the yeah. way that you interact with any other human being is important. Yes. So those in authority, yeah, they're important too. And so I would treat them with the same humility or dignity that I would want to treat somebody not in authority with. Uh, so all of that is there. But the Bible does even set up a, a process. I mean, this is, it is so important to the Bible to, to have leaders who are accountable that it sets up a process for that. Mm-hmm. In first in first Timothy five, it just um talks about um you know, let elders who rule well be worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the preaching and teaching. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's an important job, it's important office, it's uh that's good. And then it goes on to say, um, do not admit a charge against an elder. So it's mm-hmm. it's saying slow down, don't accept, um, accept a charge so that, um, or admit a charge and accept, then it says, here's the exception on the evidence of two or three witnesses. In other words, Mm -hmm. you can't just go willy nilly accusing your leaders of things. Sure. You can't willy nilly go, um, making up stories, but if there are two or three witnesses, then it implies you should take that seriously and First uh, Timothy five twenty says, "As for those who persist in sin, 
rebuke them in the presence of all so that they may stand so that the rest may stand in fear <laughs> and is and if that's not enough it says in the presence of god and of christ jesus and of the elect angels i charge you to keep these rules without prejudging doing nothing from partiality so you, you can't be partial for or against your leaders you have to kind of go with what it says here and in the the process is one that's designed to be fair and honest and upright and uh, humble, but also to hold leaders accountable. So so even the Bible expects leaders to be accountable, and to to be above accountability is is to forfeit your biblical authority. It's to forfeit your biblical role because you're not above authority ever right so i don't know if that's helpful but um but yeah i think even even the bible would suggest very directly not that you're to challenge them but but there is but it's so important they're accountable right that it builds in an accountability process so yeah yeah that's great it's it's great that no matter what question you come up with there's an answer for it in the Bible. <laughs> well, the, I can think of some that the Bible doesn't really address, but this this is one that, yeah, that is important, I think. Yeah. And so the Bible doesn't address it. It's important for church life. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that really, um, you know, something that just, it really makes me sad now. I mean, I was, mm. I was pretty, I was pretty angry for a little while, but it just makes me sad that, that people, um, people are just, kind of trapped because the authority of the Bible has just been lowered. So they, I don't know if they know that you can, you can trust that. You can trust mm-hmm. the Bible. And no matter what tradition you've been raised in, no matter what church you go to, you can trust what the Bible says. And we don't need um, another man we don't need a, a someone with a specific calling to get us to Jesus mm-hmm. we, you know uh, there it says uh, somewhere that uh, there is one mediator between God and man the man Christ Jesus mm-hmm. and so if i would just say to anybody that that is questioning but just doesn't know who to question Go to the Bible. Start mm-hmm. start reading. And, uh, just read it like you've never read it before. Just read it without any preconceived ideas. Don't read it to try to fit the traditions that that you want to be right. Because I I did that for a long time. And and just read it, and God will reveal Himself to you through His Word. He He does. Well, that's um, what His Word is meant to do: is to yeah. reveal God. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, you know, even if you're in there reading it and you have questions about God, I mean, he he's a big boy. Yeah. You know, he he knows Job. Job's asking him those questions. You know, David, David's yeah. asking him those questions. You won't be the first one to ask him those questions. No. Yeah. No, and I I didn't know that we could do that either, mm-hmm. like I said, until, until we went through mm-hmm. Job and Lamentations and Psalms in, in church and just, yeah, I just didn't and now i 
ask God questions all the time. <laughs> try to ask them in the right way, but yeah. I do ask. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, um, anything else that you think on? Uh, oh, I probably said course. enough. Yeah, I probably okay. said enough. And um, yeah, nobody's nobody's trying to create anarchy. No, that's not what we're trying to do. We're simply we're simply saying that uh, you know the the Bible is is in English so that we can read it and right. so that we can understand it for ourselves. Yeah. And we don't need uh, that. You know, there are some people who can help us understand it, but not because they've had an experience, but because they have uh, some training and some um, understanding of it that they've just been around longer than we have and they can help us. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, we have the that one mediator, whether you have a leader at your church right now or not, you mm-hmm. still have Jesus and uh, the hymn that I was going to bring up is, "Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." And it says, "Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His word, just to rest upon His promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord." And I, I mean, these are just referring to the Bible to me. I mean, mm-hmm. this is the, what what Jesus taught. Um, uh, the the chorus of the song is, and it, it would be great if everybody could just sing this truly, um, feeling it and believing it. But it says, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Hmm. And... That's really what it takes. I mean, it, we need grace to, to trust, trust in Jesus. And that's and really, yeah, that's our hope and prayer for uh, anybody who listens is that they'll have grace to trust him more. Yeah. Really. No, nobody's trying to convince anybody of anything except to trust Jesus more. So. Yeah. Yep. And we can take him at his word. And that's, yeah. yeah. I just, I can't say it enough to just. Mm-hmm. Read, read your Bible and, and pray and, and do ask God. Ask God for for wisdom and for discerning and to help you understand what you're reading. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Well, thanks for talking about that with me. Well, I'm happy to. See you next time. Okay. Well, hopefully this has been helpful. If you have questions or comments or a topic that you would like us to cover, you can reach us at comments at onerightchurch.com. And for more information, you can visit our website, www.onerightchurch.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.